Hello, and welcome back to the You Show Show. It's the show where you show things. I am Kelvin Lays McMurray, and I am joined again today by Ronnie Neely. Hello, Ronnie. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. Could I just say real quick, um, so my friends, they had their baby today. Oh, my gosh. My fiance is a nurse, and she picked up a shift to go be their nurse at the hospital. So I'm left alone in the dumps. So I'm very glad to be here in the Million Dollar Studio, actually having something to do other than be left out babyless, crying all night. That's funny. Um, that is a, like, like most favors for friends are like, here's 10 pounds of diapers, but your fiance is like, I'm going to deliver your child. Like, I'm going to be in there and I'm going to make sure you get a good room and I'm going to bring you donuts uh, after you have the baby. <laughs> We're going to get the best hand sanitizer. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Well, congratulations to your friend, and that's awesome of, of your fiance. So, um, well, uh, Ronnie, yeah, welcome, welcome back. It's good to it's good to have you back. Um, today, we are going to talk about Animal Collective's Meriwether Post Pavilion. start with let's start with first your before all of this what was your knowledge base your understanding your awareness whatever i don't know what the word is that i'm looking for what was like your <laughs> knowledge of animal collective before listening or starting this whole podcast so for years uh probably about 10 years now i've really loved the song my girls and I think I tried to listen to the full album once years ago. And I'm like, eh, I'll just stick with my girls. <laughs> and within the past year, my buddy Colby, who I mentioned in the last episode, he uh, he likes Animal Collective, or at least their earlier stuff I know that much. Um, he said, uh, you should check out Strawberry Jam, I think it's called, their album before this album, before uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion. So I, I think I listened through that, but it didn't catch my ear a whole lot. I, I, I thought it was good. It just wasn't my thing. So... Yeah, like this is I've always loved my girls. Like I said, I, I know about the band. I know uh most of the guys in the band have their own lucrative careers in music. Yeah. But I had not like I could not tell you any other song off this album until you suggested it. Okay. Well, let's 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 get into it. So then, okay, so finally now we're like you're like cracking down. It's like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do this for the show. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of Animal Collective's? Whoa, Mary whoa, not, not so fast, Mister. Can I ask you what like your history with the album is? Okay. Like, why did Why did you pick this album? And I I I really appreciate that you picked this album because. I picked kind of a weird pop album and then you did the same thing as well. You didn't go with like a, an acoustic album or something. You picked like an interesting electronic pop album. So why did you pick this album? Well, one thing I want to talk about is pop music and what that means. We'll get into that later. Because um, pop music has a weird definition. But anyway, um, okay, I had a, I had a, uh, uh, I took a logic class uh, in college. So I, I, I went to film schools, I told you, but then I went back to school for graphic design. I did that in Madison, Wisconsin. And gotcha. I took a, I took a logic class. I just needed a credit and I got this teacher. I can't remember his name. 
He was from Baltimore. He had this huge East Coast accent. He had this like crazy curly hair. He looked like Dr. Strangelove. He looked exactly <laughs> like him. And he was nuts. And I loved him. And he, I used to smoke cigarettes and so did he. And so he and I, we, it was like a four hour class. So there was always a break in the middle. And he and I, and sometimes some other students would go outside and smoke cigarettes. And he's a logic teacher. So then we'd have conversations about music and art and life and I remember he said something about Animal Collective. And I was like, I'm sorry, who? And he just grabbed my shoulder and he said something to the effect of like, he's like, I'm weird. You're weird. So we probably <laughs> like a lot of the same things. I think you should check out Animal Collective. And he gave me, uh, he actually gave me Strawberry Jam. And um, uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion had just come out, I believe. God, my, I'm getting old. But um, <laughs> um, but either way, I checked out Strawberry Gem first. And yeah, I fell in love with that album. And then this album, um, this album, it's weird. I don't... <sighs> I don't know if it, I think Strawberry Jam is my favorite album, but I picked this album because um, I think, in my opinion, out of everything that they've done, it's kind of the most approachable. I think a lot gotcha. of people that are fans of Animal Collective and even like other reviewers would kind of say the same thing. Um, the good news with Animal Collective is that if you make it like two minutes in, and you're having like murderous thoughts and seeing red. The good news is you can just stop because like you know it's not for you. And I understand it. Um, one thing I said when we were uh, off off not recording was that I've met more people that don't like this band than do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the people that do like it, myself included, like really like it. And it's kind of you don't know why, but there's just something that sticks with it. Um, this is definitely music. I said this in a different episode. This is definitely like headphone music. Like this is music that if you play out loud at your office, people are going to yell at you. <laughs> yeah, for, um, sure, for sure. So if you want to listen to Animal Collective at work, put on your headphones. Trust me, <laughs> your coworkers are not going to think you're cool and interesting for playing this album. But I think it is really interesting. And I think that there, there's some things in this that are pretty unique and pretty different that stand out and kind of hold the test of time because this album is getting you know in terms of music it's getting up there in years and you know how fast music changes and that it's not old right. per se but i think you know what i mean and yeah um, yeah i think it holds up so i i love it i love this album it has a lot of um sentimental value for me um i can remember a, a good friend of mine had to move back to new york and uh, he and I both found out that we love the song Brothers Sport. And so the last night that I saw him, uh, we were drunk, waiting for a cab and playing this at like volume 10 at probably a, about four o'clock in the morning. I'm sure we woke up everyone in the neighborhood, but we didn't care. Uh, and we just blasted Brothers Sport. I think we played it like twice before the cab finally showed up. And, uh, and that was the last time I saw him. So yeah, this album's got uh, a little bit of like history of like, yeah. phases in my life where it's been there. And again, like I was talking about last episode, music is something you can listen to, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm 
19 again. I'm 24 again. And this album right. has definitely been there on a lot of my life's journeys. So, um, so that's why I picked it. So let's turn the tables, Mr. Bond. What did you think of the <laughs> album? What, what were some thoughts that you had on this? Let's just start with like your first initial like listening of it. My first impression was it was kind of what I expected it to be. Uh-huh. Like, because again, like I said, I tried to listen to them before. And while I did, I didn't, I never once thought like, oh, these guys suck or this is bad. I'm just like, oh, it's not for me. It's not really like, it, I don't know. Yeah, just the, the first time I wasn't super into it. Now, that's just the first time because my opinions on that have changed. But yeah, for, first time through, probably similar to you listening to Jordan the Comeback. I'm just like, oh, it's just some guys whimsically yelling <laughs> like okay <laughs> i um well i I'm, I'm glad to hear that you like it because i think um i think it's good i think it's an album that um it's like the one thing that i like about this album specifically and like the band as well is that like defining them is a little bit tricky Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like the first label that they generally get is kind of like, quote, like psychedelic, psychedelic rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. And it's funny because like a lot of people have um, like stated that a lot of their influence comes from um, the, uh, what is it, the Beach Boys? Yeah. But like, I don't know enough about the Beach Boys to like specifically Mm. say, yeah, I can understand that. I don't know anything about that band to be 100% honest, but a lot of people have said that, but it does feel like it's kind of similar to like the prefab sprout Jordan and the comeback was like, it's kind of, you get a lot out of this. You're not going to hear the same instruments at the beginning of the album that you do at the end of the album. Right. Right. You're going to get a lot of different sounds along the way. And as I mentioned before, like interpretation and re-listening to something and picking something up every time you listen to it is fascinating to me. And this album definitely falls in line with that. Um, I think like right away, you'll kind of understand the album, like again, within like the first few minutes, um, the first song is called in the flowers and it starts out with this just really weird, like I always kind of picture it like a, like a warming up of like an alien space machine. It's like, it's just like feelings. That's, that's another thing I like about animal collective is it's, I wish I had like a machine like a fork that I could put in your head and like see what you're seeing as you listen to this, because I guarantee you would see different things than I see, you know, in my mind's eye listening to this as well. Um, so it starts out with this like alien machine warm up, and then it just got this, it's, it's got this rhythm and it's got this tempo and you're just kind of like, okay, you know, like, and then it hits. Uh, I don't know the exact, you know, timing, but it's like, I think it's like two, two and a half minutes. In oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With this explosion. And I think mm-hmm. right there, it's like, if it captured you, then they've got you. They did it. Um, and if it doesn't capture you, then yeah, it's just not for you. And I can respect that. This music is not for everybody. Um, oh, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just leave my body 
I picked a Dan Deacon album with my friend Adam uh, on an episode prior, and actually Animal Collective and Dan Deacon are both from Domino Records, and they've toured together a bunch, and I think they go hand-in-hand really well. They're they're both from Baltimore, too. It makes me wonder if you think that... uh... If you know that there's music written outside of Baltimore, Calvin. Yeah, yeah no, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's my <laughs> scope. Yeah, yeah, my iTunes library's just got like five bands in it. And, um, no, and, uh, and they've toured together as well. And similar to Dan Deacon, like he's not for everybody, but there's something about like the people that do get into it have these like really positive, fun experiences with them. And um, like I said too, I think. Um, this is definitely their most approachable album. So if this is an album that anyone would listen to and they're just like, nope, then it's just like, I right, dude, mission accomplished. You, you, you figured out that it's not for you. Congratulations. And that's awesome. Um, one of my favorite things too, uh, was my friend, Mark, uh, my friend, Mark Schmidt. Uh, he once asked me why I like this band. And, and then I talked about My Girls. So My Girls is definitely, like, their number one song. Everybody knows oh, yeah. My Girls. Everybody, like, I've been places, Animal Collective gets brought up, and people say, yeah, I know My Girls, but I don't know anything past that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their most popular song, and it is good. And You, you know I'm right here, Calvin. I know, yeah. You know I just I just said this was me, like, ten minutes ago. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, uh, welcome to the repeat show. We repeat things here. And, um, uh, but, but the thing, like, so the thing that I love... Now, I'm not, I have like one year of piano lessons under my belt. That's my music history, okay? So bear with me a little bit. But mm-hmm. the song starts with just this like, diddly, 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 and you will hear that through the entire song, right? Yeah. And then they add something like, I don't know, 30 seconds in, diddly, diddly, you know, (laughs) and then you hear that for pretty much the remainder of the song. And then a little bit after that, you hear something new. stacks and it layers and what i think they're doing like i i do like you know like i work with like video editing and animation so like i deal with layers and so like they're stacking yeah like how i picture it in my mind is like they're stacking different colors that have really unique patterns on top of it to see what new patterns make out of that does that make sense oh yeah absolutely and that's that's in general i hate repetitive music but some of my favorite songs are repetitive. Like they, they coming from like a a musician's perspective, it's very, very difficult to write something super repetitive that isn't fucking annoying. And animal collective are like so good at that of of making something that is pretty basic and just kind of builds and builds, but it's so satisfying to listen to. It's satisfying and it works, but it's also then like, again, then by like whatever marker, like minute 45 of the song, You've now heard these same sounds over and over again, but when you layer them together, it is a new sound. And that is really hard to do. It's really hard to pull that off because that means they sat there and said, okay, let's play sample A. Okay, we like sample A, but now we're going to add 
layer two. Well, layer two A doesn't work. So let's go to layer two B. Let's go to layer two C. And they just sat there until it clicked. Right. And like that's almost like a form of insanity. I know that's how most other music creation is made, but there's something different about this. I guess I don't know exactly like the syncopation then of how it works is what they did to make it work. And I think that's really interesting. It's not just perfecting a series of notes. It's a protect. It's like a series of textures and layers that work together in a harmonious way that makes it interesting as you go on. Right. Right. And, um, like I said, too, there's something about this album that, like, like we were talking about in, in, in the Prefab Sprout conversation of how, you know, there's this story. Um, uh, my friend Ian Merritt and I talked about, um, uh, oh, my God, um, Pedro the Lion and how there's yeah. this story in that album as well. And that's not mm-hmm. here. What right. this album is about, I have no idea. I've read the lyrics. I know the lyrics. What it's about? See, I I, I have know. I have an idea. Okay, what is it about? So I'm not sure. I don't like. I know the guys in the band, but I don't know who's who. I don't know who writes what. But I know that one of the guys had recently kind of become a father, and I've noticed the theme of like being a father and being a parent throughout the lyrics. And I really like that because I'm not a father yet, but I really appreciated that different perspective to the music because again on the surface you don't have to know what my girls is about but when you know it he's literally just saying like i just want a house for my wife and my daughter that's all i want yeah yeah yeah. the girls of my life yes and um the one thing that i've always kind of gotten out of this album is like for me it's about people Okay, so I guess, let me rewind. Let me take two steps back. So the name of the <laughs> album is Meriwether Post Pavilion. And I know, I'm not super familiar with the actual theater, right. um, but it is named after an outdoor music pavilion. I guess it's like considered one of the best outdoor pavilions in the world. I think it was like rated second best or something like Ooh. that at one point. Yeah, so it's got this history. I'm not a musician and I've never been there, so I don't know its history. I'm I think sorry. that you and I should start a band and then name our album after the first best outdoor <laughs> just place. The, just <laughs> just to beat them, just to spite them. Uh, hashtag great idea. And, um, and um, but with that being like outside and because that's what a pavilion is when you go to music. It's about being yep. outside, which means it has to be like nice sunny weather because if it's raining or snowing, you're not going to do it. And it's about like being outside and being together. And that's what I think this album is about as a theme, not about like a core idea or a story. It's about like, it's about being playful. It's about going outside and rolling in the grass and getting your knees yeah. dirty and not worrying about it. Um, yeah. There's even a song called Summertime Clothes. And it's about, you know, like the lyrics imply the, the heat that is outside and that maybe it's actually cooler outside than it is in your own, you know, oven of a house. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going yeah, outside great. and running around. Um, and there's like a lot of sounds, like a lot of people have described this album as like wet, like a lot of it you kind of feel like submerged in water. Um, they actually have an EP that collates with this. It's called, um, oh my God, uh, Fall Be Kind. And um, uh, I have the vinyl record of it. And um, and the artwork inside of it uh, is a photograph taken from the bottom of a lake looking up. So you see like all this like oh, seaweed shit. and these lily pads. And so again, it's like, it's like about being in a lake in the summertime. You can see the sunlight through the top of this lake you know what i mean yeah 
So to me, that's what the album is about. And again, not in terms of a story, but like, what are, you know, I have memories of being a kid outside lighting up fireworks and burning my thumb. And I kind of think about that when I listen to this album. Um, I don't know if you got anything like that, if there was any kind of like connections or visuals that. Oh, for sure. So I, I have to say this is the first album to ever make me feel nostalgic without ever having heard it before. So by that, I mean, so where were you in 2009? Like what was going on in your life when this album came out? I was 2009. Actually, 2009 was a pretty important year. That's where I met a really good friend of mine who actually did the music for the show. His name was Ben. But anyway, um, so I would have been in Madison, Wisconsin, and I would have been in school for graphic design at that point. Gotcha. Uh, Side question. Did you go to U of M? No, I went to oh. like, technical college. I yeah, I only have my associate's degree. I'm fucking gotcha. Dumb. Okay, and, okay. Uh, no, I I I had a friend that went there. That's why I asked. Okay, okay, <laughs> and um, um, yeah, I was at a technical college for 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 graphic design, little two year program. So, gotcha. Um, where were you in because, 2009? So in 2009, I was uh either a freshman. Well, at this point, I was a freshman in high school when this album came out. Because this album came out like um january of 2009 i think so it was written in 2008 and for me this album just really sounds of that period because there was so much great um synth pop coming out at this time but it was like kind of indie in a way and it was really uplifting it had like really good vibes to it and i like so other albums i like that came out this year are uh, passion pits manners which which is somewhat similar to this and then not not a synth album but uh Phoenix's Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix has a lot of synths on it that like the 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 qualities to the synthesizers in these in these albums is just like so uplifting and it really like when i heard this it just instantly brought me back to like 2010 probably when i first heard uh my girls and and all, all sorts of really good just like uplifting music that was coming out at that time especially coming off of like the early 2000s um, there's a really good documentary on HBO. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Woodstock 99. Uh, no, I've heard about it though. I, I, I want to see, it. I just got HBO, so I'll finally be able to see it. If you're into music, I would, I'd recommend checking it out. It's a very yeah, for bizarre sure. story. And there's some parts, I'm not going to lie, that are a little bit unsettling in terms of the conditions of, oh, know, it was but... an awful show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, and it gets, it, it gets <laughs> I already know deep. about that. Stuff. Yeah. It gets a little deep and it gets a little heavy to the point where you're like, oh God, but, um, right, it is right. worth the watch. Um, but like one thing that they talk about is like the music of that era was like very much angry. We were talking oh, about yeah. like Limp Biscuit. I listened to Limp Biscuit, where it was just nothing but like, you know, I'm gonna take a chainsaw to your ass. A motherfucking <laughs> you were just chainsaw. breaking stuff yeah, all day long. Yeah, and like give me something to break, you know. And um, <laughs> and so I feel it, this may sound really weird, but I feel like almost then like this style of music was like. A reaction, almost. Exactly, and I'm not yeah. saying that these guys were like, "We're gonna fight Limp Biscuit by making." We're gonna that. be anti Limp Biscuit. <laughs> we're gonna be solid Biscuit. Let's go, guys. Yeah, by making, but I feel like it's it it like you just said, it kind of came out at the right time, and I think that then that's why there was a connection to it. Um, this 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 band too. So this band is comprised. Uh, there's yeah, there's geologists, 
Panda Bear, Deacon, and uh, Avi Tear. They all have real names. I unfortunately don't remember them. Um, <laughs> You're not supposed to. Yeah, it's that's who they are to me. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy Deacon has always gone in and out, so actually yep. he's not on this album, but he was mm. in their albums prior. He's like he's like the guitarist, I think. So that's why yeah. this album is very synth heavy. Exactly, and it's very yeah electronic forward. Um, but like. They have an interesting history because the, the, it's it's funny because like this is the this is the part where they started really embracing their pop side of things. Um, Strawberry Jam is a little poppy, but there's still some like bizarre screaming moments of like scratchy noises, and you're like, "What's going on here? I don't understand." And um, but like their first album is called "Spirit Be Gone, Spirit Be Vanished." I don't know if you've listened to that one. No, I haven't heard that one. I you know you got like I'm gonna just be real like take it with a grain of sand because it, it I, there's kind of a warning label that comes with that album. I like it, but I'm not going to lie. I have to be in a very specific mood to listen to it. And usually that mood is like, I'm ready for it. <laughs> so in what way? Like, why is it so uh, it's, controversial? It's I wouldn't say controversial. I would just say it's like, it's very experimental. And the thing that... The thing that I can speak to on behalf of the album, one thing that I can take away from it is I think they were going for this idea that it takes something ugly to make something beautiful. Like sometimes you don't know how good something is until it's gone. You don't know how beautiful mm-hmm. something is unless you can compare it to something insanely ugly or something that you sure. don't like. Um, they have one song, Elvin Rowe. Yeah, Elvin Rowe is the last song off Spirit Be Gone. Spirit, excuse me, Spirit They've Gone, Spirit They've Vanished. I always say Spirit Be Gone, Spirit Be Vanished. I've oh, gotcha, gotcha. I make it all the time. So if I say it again, <laughs> I don't know why. That's why it's ingrained in my head. Anyway, Elvin Rowe, it starts out with like these really, really intense scratches. Like it's just like nails on a chalkboard. It's just like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh my God. But if you get through it, there is this beautiful piano and these lyrics that like just tickle your spine with serotonin and it's absolutely beautiful and to me it's like the band is trying to communicate like get through this horrible ugly moment and then at the end of it is something really really beautiful and something Uh, deserving of your time and that is in my opinion what the album is quote-unquote essentially about if that makes sense so this is a band we're definitely like traveling back in time. It's going to get more scratchy. It's going to get more experimental and it's mm. going to get more bizarre. That's So that's kind of the opposite of uh, Prefab Sprout, whereas if you go back more, it's a little bit more palatable probably. <laughs> yeah. And then it's funny too. Yeah. Because so for Animal Collective, um, their last major album was Painting With and it's okay, but it's, it's, it's like their safest album out of all of them. Okay, okay. Um, it's good. It's worth checking out. I like it. It was received with mixed reception. Um, it just kind of feels like... The album just kind of feels like it's just being weird for the sake of being weird. Like, they kind of maybe lost the edge. I don't know uh, what it is. I mean, that would make sense, you know, since they kind of found their popularity. It's hard to be too crazy after that, I feel like. Exactly. Especially when, like a part of your audience was captivated by the, you know, quote unquote pop sounds of what you're generating. Mm-hmm. I would have to imagine that it is kind of hard to then directionally pick your tone because it's like, well, do we go back to our roots of like crazy, bizarre, weird shit? Or do we stay in this boat and continue forward? And that would be a weird place to be in. So, well, yeah, because as, as we learned, they just want four walls and an Adobe slab for his <laughs> girls. And if you want to keep that slab, you want to keep the mortgage paid on that slab. You got to keep making money. So exactly. you got to kind of, you know, 
they um, they did work on uh, they worked on a project. Um, it's this guy who documents like coral reefs. Um, they they kind of did like a, a visual album with him. They have another uh, visual album called Odd Sack. So it's actually kind of funny. You can't find the album like you can't you can't purchase the record. It's not available on iTunes. You can you can find it on YouTube for free. Um, gotcha. I have the DVD. It's called Odd Sack. And it's, uh, okay. it's worth the watch. It was an album that they made in tandem with a video creator, and they made both the music and the video together. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, it, 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 it has, I don't know, it has, it, it's a movie where you can't explain what it's about. It's effectively like 12 music videos, but there's kind of a theme that strings through it a little bit. But it's got like a lot of like emotional states where you're feeling something and then the music is giving you anxiety because the scene is supposed to be anxiety. But then the next scene is about bravery and courage. So you have a man who's dressed up as like a heroic knight swinging a flail. And I think that's kind of what the album is about is like through both mediums, they can make you feel something. And I think it does it pretty well. Like there's a part where there's a vampire it sounds really weird. Bear with me. <laughs> but it is actually kind of scary. These kids end up like vomiting marshmallows out of their mouth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and it's kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, right, right. But again, it's worth the watch. It's kind of cool. Um, and that's like another thing, too, with Animal Collective. Like, I don't know if you've checked out their album artwork for Strawberry Jam. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Like, the cover photo is, it's fruit, but it's been, like, destroyed it's, and It's rocked. gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, an interesting motif that they have is, like, it's beautiful. The colors are beautiful, and, like, the patterns of, like, these strawberries and this fruit mushed and smashed together is mesmerizing. And it's very, like, seductive in a way, but it's also mm-hmm. then terrifying and grotesque because there's mold on it and, like, the meat of this has been, like, pulped and tenderized to the point where it's almost like disgusting right right and i think that oddly weirdly explains animal collective i don't know if that makes (laughs) sense but it's like yeah no i totally get it yeah we're really cute seductive fruit but we're also kind of weird and like kind of grotesque at the exact same time so Mm -hmm. uh anyway i feel like i'm rambling on this for like miles i'm sorry Um, (laughs) no you're, you're good it's one of your favorite bands i mean i would be disappointed if you didn't uh can i tell you a funny quick story about a live show of theirs yeah. Oh, so you've seen them seen them live, I take it? A couple of times, yeah. And nice. uh, their shows are really good. They're totally they're totally worth seeing, uh, if you ever have the chance. They do they do I don't know if there's a word for it. If there is, let me know. It's their show is like one continuous string. Like Sure, yeah. Not, so it's kinda of like a DJ set because they just keep the music going. Yep. Yeah all night they don't stop in between songs they, yeah you know? a lot of like a lot of concerts it's like song rock out cut to black reset uh they don't do that and they use, right they use a lot of like visual mediums they will use like large video monitors with their shows a lot of colors a lot of lights a lot of art and decoration um i've never done hallucinogenic drugs but i would imagine that if you did <laughs> went to one of their shows it would be a 10 out of 10 experience and oh i'd imagine yeah um uh and it's really good but yeah so they keep they keep it going so it's just like they'll end the song on like this crazy buzzing beat noise and then you know they'll catch their breath for like 10 seconds but then oh yeah go but it it continues and it flows and it's this experience so i was at one of their shows um i got there early because i wanted to be as close to the stage as possible (laughs) and this group in front of me they were a bit younger than me it was two girls and i'm going to assume they're two boyfriends 
were at the show. The girls, the girlfriends, really liked Animal Collective, except one of them had her tablet up above her head the entire oh, show recording. Oh, no. Yeah, and it drives me nuts because it's like, I'm sorry, are you here to experience Animal Collective, or are you here so you can, like, show your friends? Brag about it. Because yeah, there's, yeah. there's a difference. And if you're, here to just, For sure. if you're here to just show your friends that you were here, then take the photo and leave and yep. let me take your spot because then I get to be a little bit closer to the stage. And you get your experience because it's like who's ever who's ever opened up their tablet and been like, let me listen to this Animal Collective stage I recorded on my my pod on my on my Apple device, and you go back right. and, and it's just like, oh, yeah, exactly, you know, like, exactly. Who's ever fucking done that? So anyway, so she had her tablet open the whole time, whatever, 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 whatever. Um, so Animal Collective always does this thing when they play. When they're like three quarters of the way through, they do cut off all the lights and they, it, it's like, is it the end of the show? And it's like mm-hmm. pitch black and then they leave it for like sometimes like two, three minutes. They just oh, walk wow. off okay. stage, but everything Bathroom is break. black. Yeah. And then they come back and then they usually perform at that point like three, maybe four more songs. Yep. Everything is black. There's like a little bit of like a hum noise happening that they've created, but everything is black. People are kind of clapping. There's this silence. And then they come back on stage, people are clapping, and the boyfriends in front of me look at their girlfriends and they go, this is fucking bullshit. And I was like... Oh, what? Was, I hate that. It was so funny. I was like, oh yeah, the encore band that we all paid money to be here for came out and performed more music. Yeah, total fucking bullshit, bro. Oh my God, it was so funny. I was oh. there with my friend Jonathan. We we laughed so hard, we were almost crying. It was kind of funny. But, and um, it's like, th- those are the people that get further ahead than you do they get closer to the it, show and they don't even appreciate it exactly and they were there front row and i just want to be like again dude i'll take your spot for you you go to the bar bro like i'll, uh, I'll do this for you. but um but yeah they're worth seeing live they're um they are actually touring they're trying they're doing a couple shows even right now in the midst of of this terrible pandemic mm-hmm. um it was kind of cool i follow their hashtag on instagram and it's actually been kind of cool seeing some of their live shows pop up again in in the feed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. We, it's something you don't think about, you know, until it's gone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I because like I follow like a lot of bands hashtags. You'd always see like live shows like, oh, Radiohead's in Germany this week, and here's all these people from Germany posting the video. It was always really cool, and like that's been like radio silence for. Yeah, it, it, and like you said, it's one of those things that like you don't realize it's gone until it's gone, or or you don't. Yeah, it's like as soon as it's back, you're like, oh, shit, I, like, I forgot about this, and this is nice to see. Um, yeah, and so that's been pretty cool. So um, let me... Sorry, I feel like I'm taking this whole thing up. Oh, no, you're uh, good, dude. Uh, are... Well, well r- real quick, I, I actually have uh, um, like a, a similar concert story. I went to see the band Y, which is like an indie kind of rap group, and there was a, a, a chick standing in front of me with her DSLR like way above her head like she wasn't like in the press pit or anything she's just standing like there with her camera like blocking my view and then her like seven foot tall boyfriend is next to her holding his phone up so that he's like facetiming people so that they can watch the show (laughs) on the phone I'm like what how is this enjoyable for but um yeah yeah, sorry. Okay, so you you were gonna ask a question. I was just gonna ask. Was there besides my girl? Was there any like? Was there any songs that like stood out to you? Anything that you were kind of like, yeah, all right, like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. I I really loved Daily Routine.
that's a song kind of in two parts. The first the first half of it is like a good kind of like synth poppy like indie kind of thing, and then the second half is like almost ambient because the singer is just repeating the same lines for like over half the song, and the music gets real slow, and it's just like in these these almost waves of like whooshing like boom, it'll hit the chord, let it play out, and he sings over it, then it kind of gets quiet again, and it, it goes on for a long time. I really like that. And I was, I'm was i shocked to see on Spotify that's one of the lesser-played songs on the album, but it was easily my... I, I remember just being blown away the first time when that song came on, because up, up until then, it was like what I expected from Animal Collective, which which isn't isn't a slight. I mean, they they... They're a very unique band. You could show me any Animal Collective song. If I've never heard it in my life, I can say that's Animal Collective, no doubt, because they have a very distinct like way that they write, way that they sing. And I didn't know it was two guys singing. I thought it was just one dude doing like a lower voice and a higher voice, but it is it is two of them. Um, so for sure, Daily Routine. I, I, I like that probably more than my girls at this point. I, I really appreciate that song. One thing about Daily Routine is that um, one thing... Like for me, again, like the the mind's eye of like what I see. It, so it's called daily routine, which is like every single day the things that you repeat. And I've always kind of like, man, I I'm, I'm gonna crack open a can here of worms. Bear with me for two seconds. But I've always <laughs> perceived. I always think time is a circle. I love time. I don't know. I'm obsessed with time. I have been my whole life. I think the philosophy and 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 the theories about time are fascinating because. Time is relative. And so mm-hmm. the phrase time is a circle has been said a lot, and I kind of believe it. And this song has this like bing, beating, and then it goes, and it sounds oh, yeah, yeah. like it's like spinning around a circle. Like I think of, um, what the fuck are those, um, those things with the horses that go up and down? They spin around a circle. Fuck, carousel. Um, uh, carousel, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I listen to this song, I picture a carousel because it kind of sounds like circus music a little bit mm-hmm. yeah and i can see that so it's like like it's weird like it's like it's called daily routine about the things that we repeat every single day and it's a in my head it's about a carousel going around in a circle and it's like again it's like it's what it's like every time i listen to it it's the same visual it never changes that i don't know if you find this stuff interesting but i do it's just weird it's like the same picture the same video plays in my mind and every time it's this carousel that spins really fast when the music intensifies and then it slows down when the music slows down to give the moment for like the band to then play their music while spinning on this carousel. So Right. Yeah. See, I, I think what I liked about that is I did something similar in my I talked about my ambient album in the last episode. I should mention my artist name for that is Ghost Shift, if anybody wants to look that up. The album is called Silver Lake. Um in the single from that album, I did something very similar where I had a piano piece it starts off playing kind of like slow and then it speeds up as it goes. And it really reminded me of that. And I, I really am a sucker for when other people do that as well. I, I, I did it because I was like influenced by Aphex Twin, but this is like a really cool, um, I guess, indie synth pop kind of. And again, I, I, I know that you probably, I don't know if you would classify these guys as synth pop like I do. Um, you said we, we were going to get into pop music at some point, but before we do that, I want to uh, ask, have you, have you seen the show uh, on Netflix called Russian Doll. I have not, no. Oh, it's uh, it's really good. It's basically about a woman who keeps repeating the same day, but she can like do things different, and she's trying to break out of it. It's Ooh. only like ten episodes, okay. I think. You should you should check it. It's real. I really enjoyed it. But I'll check it out. Um, yeah, and, and again with the fatherhood theme, 
in this album or on, on this song, he's talking about like getting his kid's coat. I think it's about them going to the park or something. Okay. And he's kind of like, like he's rushing to do it, but then he's like, well, wait, why am I rushing? Like, it doesn't matter if we get there right away or if we get there later, like it doesn't really kind of matter. So I don't, I just, I just appreciate it. It's, it's kind of like a, uh, yeah. like a, if, if, you know, through life, everything is so important, but then you take a step back and like maybe almost a, a metaphysical look at things and you're like, you know, as Carl says in Aqua Scene Hunger Force, <laughs> none of this matters. Like, <laughs> um, and well, it's interesting then too, because like you just said too, it's like then even like the song, it speeds up and slows down. And I think that's then, yeah, looking at it that way is interesting because it's like, yeah, slow down. Like I get what you're saying is what I'm trying to say. I can picture it where it's like, even, even, even the process of getting to the part is still the story with your children. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Um, there's the great movie Vacation where Chevy Chase realizes that actually getting to the destination is sometimes a little bit more funny and enjoyable than the actual destination itself. And, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's interesting. I guess I would have said, I, I don't think I would have ever taken it that way. And that's the problem with Animal Collective is that, like I said, I bet more people that don't like it. So see, I don't get to have these conversations. <laughs> I don't get to it. talk about it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what does your, what is your, what's the video in your brain as you listen to this? And then like, <laughs> Oh, no, dude, I, I hate this. and I The I, video never starts in my brain. It yeah. just, I just turn that TV off and walk away. Yeah, the video in my brain is like, yeah, just me walking away from this as fast as humanly possible. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't checked out this album, I do I do recommend it. I think that, again, it, it, I, think, I think it is worth a listen. And if you really aren't into it, I can completely appreciate that. But I think it would be worth, like, just pick it up on Spotify someday and just play it when you're... When you're doing something fun, playing a video game, you're this is you could play you could listen to Meriwether Post Biblio playing Grand Theft Auto Five and just killing people. Oh yeah. yeah, you could totally do it. It kind of fit. Um, I do. I do have to say, you kind of sold the album short in that you didn't even you you mentioned the Strawberry Jam artwork, but you didn't mention the artwork for this album, which I think is probably some of my favorite artwork. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's like an almost an optical illusion kind of thing. If you stare at it, it like moves it's it's hard to describe but like even if you don't give a shit about any of this music at least check out the the artwork and just stare at it for a while and watch it jiggle around yeah and their 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 visual artwork that they've created um it's a gentleman named danny perez who's done a lot of their artwork including their their video work um yeah it's very he's very interesting he he has a very unique aesthetic and yeah this album it uses like the purples and the greens of contrast with then these like uh cat eye shapes that have black and white on it so it's a constant contrast of colors and patterns because then the background has this like marble texturing to it where everything else is this like solid vector artwork so yeah you can stare at this poster and it moves and yeah this band is no stranger i don't i don't consider this band a drug band they're not you know like like the Beatles and the Doors had like hints to Mary Jane and getting on the Olympian, whatever. And that's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, no, no, no. And they've never done that. Um, there's right. one Panda Bear song. It's an entire song dedicated to marijuana. And it's like, marijuana gets me through the day. Marijuana makes me happy. And it's one song and that's Panda Bear's solo album. So like, I've never, never considered them a drug band. But like I said. I th- honestly, I think if the, if you make this kind of music and, and then you make the songs about drugs to me that's just like a novelty act and i just lose interest yeah it's make it interesting for the people that like aren't doing it as well because like i said i've never done hallucinogenic drugs in my day but i would imagine that if i did and yeah i checked out this artwork 
it's gonna be pretty fucking cool. Um, and it's you know it's it's I would have to say it's probably designed with that in mind. Drugs and music have gone hand in hand throughout history. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for so sure. So for that, I do respect it, but I don't think they're like a drug band. Um, no, no, because I, I, I mean, I wasn't under the influence while listening to this album multiple times, and I ended up liking it. So it's not a requirement or anything. No, it's the same people that are like, dude, you got to watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Fucked up. It's like, no, you don't. Trust me, it's a great film. You can watch it. You can watch that Stone Sober. It's a great film. But um, right, right. But. Um, but yeah, and so the uh, it it all works and lends itself together. I feel like in terms of a really good like aesthetic, both visually and audioly, <laughs> um, they've done a really good job at like building that. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. And they they worked really well. Um, like I said, painting with got kind of. Got kind of a mixed reception. Like I said, I like it, um, but it's like out of all their albums, it's their safest. And then after that, they've they've released a few EPs. Um, they do a lot of solo work too. They, they do a lot of solo work, yes. And um, I, I think they did a uh, Crestone. I'm seeing here. It's like a, they did a score to a movie. Yep, yep. And that just came out, and it's 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 interesting. I like it. Um, but it's it's a score, you know. It's not going to be the same as an album. Yeah, and uh, but the solo work is 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 worth checking out. Um, Avitar and Panda Bear, in my opinion, have done the best in terms of their solo work. Deacon made a solo, and honestly, I haven't even listened to it. And I don't even think I don't think Geologist has done any of his own solo work. I could be very wrong about that, so I apologize if I am. But um, but Panda Bear is out of all of them is is my favorite, and his solo albums are, are really really good and worth checking out. Yeah, he's the one I hear about the most for yeah. his solo work. Yeah, and he's um like he was featured on um oh my god who are the two the French electronic musicers they wear the helmets Daft Punk. Yeah, he was on one of their last albums. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was on. Was it Random Access Memories? I, I don't. I'm not I, a huge Daft Punk fan. I think that's so. like their last album. I think in 2013. I yeah, think, um, and I'm pretty certain it's song 10. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Panda Bear. Yeah, uh, uh, song 12. Doing it Damn right. It, I was close. He was on that song. I was two away, Ronnie. Damn it! I was, <laughs> I was this close to perfection. Man, you just you just lost all cred exactly. in the podcast community. Yo, it's fucking gone. Um, <laughs> One other thing, too, that I wanted to point out, one thing that's really cool about their discography, and even that visual I was talking about, Oddsack, the one thing that I will challenge anyone to do is to take all of their albums and listen to only their last song of every album. (laughs) That's cool. Because they're all amazingly epic. And I don't mean epic in the terms of like, dude, that's cool, bro, that was epic. I mean like genuinely epic in terms of creating something that you can hear that will elevate your spirit into something else by the time the song is done. And I can kind of almost guarantee that they are, they know how to end something on this feeling of like, 
for me personally, it's always like extreme happiness, but it's also mixed with like this weird feeling of kind of wanting to cry, but out of like happiness. <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Right, um, right. Yeah, it's just like euphoric almost. Yeah. I maybe maybe I should make a Spotify list and just the last songs of Animal Collective. <laughs> do it, dude. Do it. That's not a bad I mean, idea. That kind of leads. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody online saying that they should have swapped in the flowers the first song with the last song, Brother Sport. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No, because like in the flowers has that like again that really slow opening to the explosion, and then Brother Sport, their last song. That's actually my that's my favorite song of theirs. Period. Um, it has it has this like extreme repetition at the end, but then when it clicks out and it goes away, you're you're left with something so no i don't i don't think i can agree with that comment Sorry. i could yeah yeah for sure i mean I, I think it's because typically the first half of this album is a little bit more energetic and the second half is a little bit uh slower so i think the person was probably thinking like oh brother sport is is energetic and in the flowers is slower it builds up so swap them but i i, I always appreciate because typically the back half of an album is when things get slower and i appreciate when the band ends on a high note not on a uh a lower note or you know in the flowers like you said it builds it builds up but if that was the last song it builds up basically into nothing but the, the in, in its current sequence it builds up into the whole album another uh quick little rabbit hole i i love apex twin too i think uh richard d james is fascinating and amazing um, oh for sure yeah his album Drucuous, I think that's how you pronounce it. D R U K Q S. I always just, I always just like in my head would say drugs. Like I wouldn't drugs. even bother trying to figure out what that says. I don't. I mean, you're probably right. I, I have no idea. I have, he's probably just trolling us. He probably doesn't even know how oh, to pronounce it. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, no, he's. It's a hundred percent him just being like, figure this one out, music reviewers. Bye. And um, <laughs> uh, that album is uh, a two CD collection. Yep. Uh, if you're ever bored sometime, play both the CDs like. Put it into like a music editor that you have. Oh, what the fuck! <laughs> Play both of them at the exact same time because that's actually how it was designed. No way! I'm, I did not know that. I'm dead serious. I'm a million percent serious. It's totally worth the experience, and it's worth your time to to seek this out and track it down and do it. But anyway, I digress. Um, um, well, let's talk about pop music. Yeah, yeah. Because there is that term is used a lot with animal collective because they they quote unquote went into pop they started out hyper experimental with a very niche crowd of people that really 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 liked that and dug it and i think still a lot of people kind of like flowed into their later stuff as well um but as we kind of mentioned meriwether post pavilion is like the album that really where they kind of figured that out like we can make music a little bit more approachable obviously it'll build our fan base i don't think that was the intent but it's the result and um it opened up the doors to a lot more new listeners for sure via this album Mm -hmm. and i always think it's kind of funny the discussion of like pop music because we say that term a lot and like the term popular is to encapsulate the idea of like making a product that will be appreciated by as many viewers as possible, like spreading peanut butter over a piece of bread. You want to try to cover as much as you can. Right. But what I always find funny and interesting is the conversation of what though is pop music, because you can look at pop music in the terms of like a top 10 chart and animal Mm -hmm. culture is sure shit never getting on that list. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I guess what I wanted to ask you, because I know you have like a really deep knowledge of music and being involved in it and listening to it and understanding, like what would your definition of like pop music be then? 
Sure. So I guess my exposure to this question was, I said in the previous episode, one of my favorite bands is the Radio Department, who are a Swedish like shoegazy dream pop band. And the singer said, like, you know, we always just try and be a pop band, but it's through the lens of like lo-fi kind of soft-spoken um, lyrics, but it is, or vocals, but it's still trying to be catchy. It's not trying to challenge the listener. It wants them to actively listen to it and enjoy it. It's not trying to, I guess, just challenge them in any way. And I, I for sure, I think Animal Collective can be a challenging band, but like, I, st- I feel like, like, their earlier stuff, like you said, probably I wouldn't consider pop. If there's like screaming and challenging stuff, then then no. But if you're like, I, yeah, that's the thing is when I say pop, I, I that can mean top ten stuff, but that could mean just anything anybody makes that they want other people to listen to. That is kind of like you know four or five minutes long and catchy, you know, like and and there there's a lot of even metal I would I would consider pop because it's not trying to be challenging and. So from my own perspective, most of the music I try and write, I consider pop music because I'm putting some catchy guitar line. I want people to like it. But when I wrote this ambient album, I had to pull myself back and I had to say, no, like you can't add drums to this. You can't add a catchy synth line. It has to just be like what it is. And yeah, like for me, like those are the, the two worlds. It's just kind of pop, I guess, and, and then ambient, something you listen to in the background that isn't supposed to grab your attention. It's just supposed to influence you while pop music is supposed to get caught in your head. Like an ambient track isn't really supposed to get caught in your head, I don't think. It's just supposed to be background music. Yeah, it's there when you need it. So Right. Um, no, that's cool. And I, 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 I like that too, because I've had kind of that conversation too as to like what it means. Because there's some people that it's like, no, pop music is just what's popular. You know, again, those, those top 10, 50 charts made by MTV or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've never really particularly agreed with that. And so it's funny because I have described this album as a pop album and like some people look at me like I'm barbecuing a kitten. They're just like, they're like what? 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 Like, no, really. What the fuck are you saying? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, take take the Pepsi challenge and go back to their first album and then listen to this one and you'll be like, oh yeah, this shit is poppy AF. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's a, it's um. I, I think it's because people at this point, um, like pop music has become so inundated with people writing music just to sell a million albums they don't care what the song is about they don't care about the artistry they just want to push albums and they want people to consume it no matter what and that kind of degrades the term a little bit i think when trying to describe popular music or music in general yeah and it's like you said too like you know when you when you create music you you send a couple people and like hey when you do more and it's like I'm not on a record label, so there's no pressure. There's no time limit. If, right, if we exactly. Get to it, we get to it. If we don't, we don't. And that is one thing that I have seen bands do where, you know, they 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 work on an album for 10 years so they can get it signed and released. And then the record label's like, all right, now you've got three <laughs> years to make three more albums. <laughs> let's, get, let's go. Come on, yeah. another one. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck, we didn't, we didn't think about this. And I mean, that's been like the, 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 the story of a lot of bands throughout the years. Luckily, that, num- that has kind of slowed down a little bit because I think a lot of people have learned that that's not healthy. But, um, right, right. Nor productive for anybody, including the record labels, because, you know, they got to eat too. But... Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I love this album, and thank you, thank you for checking it out. Um, like, I one question I always like to ask too, yeah, is like again, like if you're into band X, Y, and Z, like Animal Collective or Vice Versa, 
Um, I think Apex Twin, you mentioned that, would oddly fit into a, le- a, a viewer's repertoire, a viewer's oh, uh, yeah. uh, music category collection. I think, like, yeah, I'm, I would venture to bet that would be an interesting dynamic. How many viewers, how many listeners of Animal Collective have Apex Twin? Ooh, I wonder if there's a way to find that out. There's got to be. That's I interesting. Would I would say if I had to put money on it, I'd put 58%. That'd be my guess. I could see that, honestly, because, yeah, yeah, I, because I, Apex Twin, or sorry, uh, Animal Collective, um, like their synthesizer sounds, I I think are really interesting. They're mm-hmm. obviously they're they're no um they're no Aphex Twin, be, yeah, but I mean yeah. only only Aphex Twin is Aphex Twin, but yeah. but it it's not just generic. Like all right, what what presets do we have in the computer? Yeah, let's go. Like th- these guys are actually spending time, you know, crafting appropriate sounds mm-hmm. for the the emotion they want to convey. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. Like um. I think a band that always kind of comes to mind too with Animal Collective, because again, it's kind of hard, but another band, obviously it's Dan Deacon, they've toured together, but... Um, sure, yeah. Another one is um, Audiature. You ever listen to Audiature? If you like... Um, how is that... I I think what I'm thinking of is, is like, I say Auditure. Maybe. A-U-T-E-C-H-R-E. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I so we're talking about the same, wrong. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever talked about... I see. I say audiature. That's kind of funny. So I've never said it out loud, I so I mean, I you either. you might be right. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody. Tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I have a Twitter account. Tweet at me, and I think I have a Twitter account. If you Twitter can find account. that Twitter account, tweet at me, yeah, and I help, might respond. Yeah, help me find my Twitter dot If I <laughs> if you find my Twitter account, email me. Email me uh, and let me know how. <laughs> let me know the, the login so I can get on there yeah, and respond to you. Uh, no, I, I can't. I can't figure out how to use Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm too dumb. But um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce audiature. How did you say I, it? Audit. Audiker. Audiker. Huh. Let's have. I have no. I've never heard it said out loud, so I don't know. Let's just have a whole episode of the, the battle. <laughs> All right, next Audiker. episode. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, the, the pronunciation of this, and it's like, well, I cited twenty-four sources. Um, but I would say then too, like, uh, do you have any like, yeah, bands that would come to mind in a similar vein of, of animal collective? Yeah, I mean, I never thought about it, but you're right. There is definitely like this IDM, um, intelligent dance music, which actually I was thinking of showing you some IDM albums because you mentioned Aphex Twin, but I I went with Jordan the Comeback. But yeah, I never really put the, those two together with this album with with uh Mary Weather Post Pavilion. Um, there's definitely that connection. I would say, um, for the for the pop side, definitely like I said, Passion Pits Manners the album came out the same year, has a similar vibe to it. It's it's a lot poppier, but it's still interesting. Um, and then off the top of my head, I mean, I really love, uh, Phoenix's Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. There's like that album blew up because of its tracks, like 1901 and Listomania, but there's like a 10 minute, like instrumental synth track on there too. Like, so it's pretty similar. I feel like all these guys were coming from the same place and probably inspired by a lot of the same things. And then, yeah, for IDM, definitely. I feel like Aphex Twin, um, I'm not familiar enough with Autiker's, uh, discography to really recommend that but um uh micro zig or it's like that you you zig i guess you could type in uh, that guy has some similar i think i know what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah. he's pretty big in the idea yeah he has a lot of similar um feelings in his in his music i think but yeah animal collective really takes these kind of idm um uh ideologies and applies them more to a, a synth pop music which which probably is what b- made me like it is because 
they're not trying to be overly poppy, but it, it's definitely there. It, it's not it's not pure IDM music. Like you're not listening to Aphex Twin. <laughs> Uh, so a lyric, my favorite lyric from the album that really stuck out to me was um, the song Guy's Eyes opens with, I really want to do just what my body wants to do or something like that. Um, or, uh, yeah, I really want to do just what my body wants to do. And to, that stuck out to me because I work <laughs> night shift at my job and I was like, God damn it, man, you're right. Like I put my put my fist down. I'm like, I don't want to stay up all night fucking working. I want to go to bed when the sun goes down and wake up with the sun. So that like really stuck out to me. I was like, finally, someone's fucking saying yeah, it. We're, um, we're opening this book finally. <laughs> I, am, I almost quit my job right then and there. I was like, these guys are onto something. Um, but otherwise, I watched a Letterman performance of them when this album came out. And they did, I think it was summertime clothes, I think. And it was really cool. And they had these background dancers that were kind of dancing like um as like good dancers will do like reenacting the lyrics in a way so acting out the story of the song not just like you know like a pop normal pop artist like shaking their butts for no reason and um yeah 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 thank you interpretive yeah and they're wearing like costumes and stuff so they're they're dancing behind the band and i think they were dressed up as skeletons or something like that but it was something really creative and cool and then at the end you know letterman walks out and shakes hands and stuff and I think it was either Letterman or Paul Schaefer, his, uh, the musician for the, the Tonight Show or whatever show that was. I can't remember. And um, one of them says, oh, like I didn't bring any trick-or-treat candy or something like that. And I don't know which guy it is in Animal Collective, but his face just looks so fucking annoyed when they said that. Uh, like, oh, like this, this is art. This, is, this means something. And you're just fucking like... <laughs> well, and it, like, it makes him sound like childish. Like, right, right, like right. Candy little boy. Oh. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised... I'm so, I mean, you know, I'm sure anyone would take that opportunity. Closer's exposure, but oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't really imagine I, Letterman. That I'm surprised. I guess I'll have right. to I mean, this, that's uh, that's the thing. Like, well, first of all, props to Letterman because he really did have on a lot of really like good lesser known artists. Um, but um, there was th- this was 2009 when the album came out. Like, this kind of music wasn't that big yet. Maybe in 2012 they would have more artists like that on, but. This came out January 2009. Like they were on the forefront of this kind of like happy uh, artistic synth pop sound. And yeah, it was just, it's just shocking they got on. But it's funny because one of the comments we were talking about comments in the in the previous episode, uh, one of the YouTube comments was like, I've never seen Animal Collective perform with this many lights on before. Because <laughs> <laughs> normally they're like, it's like a club setting almost with yeah. those guys with like lasers and all this stuff. Yeah, it's very dark, but yeah, again, it's it's illuminated. Right. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's yeah. No, I. That's funny because it's yeah. They 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 like their uh, their audio visuals to work in 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 sync. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, like like you funny. said, it's it's almost like a DJ show because they keep the music going the whole time. They don't stop mm-hmm. it, and and it's you know there's there's like the theatrics aspect to that's it. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's yeah, like I said too if if their their shows are worth their their shows are worth checking out. Uh, if you have the chance, I'd recommend it. So 
Yeah, just like I said, I, I I always loved my girls, but I never really clicked with them. I checked out a couple other things, but I really enjoyed this album. Uh, I plan to pick up the uh, vinyl record at some point. They seem to be not expensive. And honestly, dude, I'm shocked that they haven't re-released this thing 10,000 times with like different color vinyl and stuff. All they have is just like 2009 run of black and then like a 2019 run of black and that's it. I figured they could make easily... A, a, like half a million dollars if they re-release this in like purple or something yeah, like different, that. Different things that'd be cool. They um they did come out uh gosh in 2019. Yeah, it was their 10 year anniversary. I think it's called shit. I think it's called. Oh, I saw it today Ballet too. Yeah, slippers, the... I think. Yeah, I think that it's something ba- ballet something. Like, yeah, ballerina something. I'm sorry, fans. I can't remember. I'm. I know all credibility going <laughs> but um. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's ballet That's slippers. That's it. Thank yeah. you. Um, and unfortunately, I I didn't really like it. It just was. It was just okay. Um, it was just live performances, yeah, right? Yeah, but there wasn't anything like exceptional to it. Because right, it was even yeah. In comparison to their live shows, which you know, this is a band too. I don't know about Prefab Sprout, but like Animal Collective is a band where when you go see them live, you might hear some variations of the songs that they've kind of adapted along the years. And I really like sure, that because yeah. it's like, yeah, how did you play this song in 2009 versus how do you play it in 2021? I think stuff like that's really interesting. I know mm-hmm. some fans don't like that in live music, but I do. And um, they'll definitely mix it up. Sometimes they'll play it faster. Sometimes they'll play it slower. Um, sometimes they'll play it longer. Um, I've seen them mm-hmm. perform uh, a 14 minute rendition of the purple bottle, which I think on the album is only like five minutes. So, Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Sometimes they know how to stretch this out. And obviously, you know, they, they're a band that definitely feeds off their audience. Yeah. If the audience is sleepy time, ready to go, not feeling it, they'll, they'll <laughs> be done. But if everyone's liking it, they sure. will play extra time. I've seen them do it. So, um, nice. But, uh, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. I don't even know how we got it. Uh, well, I, I think the point you were getting at is like the recorded versions weren't that different from the album. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's important to note that these were recorded like not long after the album came out. So it would make sense that they didn't really have crazy different versions at this point. Because all, all these were recorded like May and early June of twenty or 2009. So I, that'd be kind of cool if, if instead they rec- they re-recorded it live and like put out different versions i think that'd be exciting yeah, but they do have a couple live albums they actually had one of the um um there's one uh oh my gosh it's i think it's called like the 1130 club i have the vinyl record of that i actually have that one signed which is pretty cool um and that's a really good live album is it the 1130 club i think that's the name of it but anyway they also did um a couple of years ago they released two live albums it's digital only um, on a, it was a charity website and it was just a pay whatever you want and 100% of the proceeds went to a charity, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's um, nice. And then they've done, lately too, they've done some like, um, I don't even know the name of it. God damn, maybe I'm not a fan. Um, the album was... <laughs> fake fan. Yeah, fake fans here. And um, um, there was, um, the it was released recently. It was a mostly acoustic album, which is why it didn't stick with me. Because I, I I'm not oh, really okay. a fan of their acoustic side. I'm more a fan of their sure. electric sides. But they recorded the whole thing in nature. They just went outside and ooh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that one it's good. I, I I think I need to go back and give that one a little bit more attention because I listened to it once and I was like, this is an animal collective, and I kind of turned it off. So maybe to be right, fair, I should go back and check it out. Now that I'm thinking about it, I will. So. 
But yeah, there's shits all over the place, so there's got to be something you'll like, so... <laughs> I mean, if anything, uh, everyone should check out My Girls. I think that that song is, like, universally kind of loved. It has, you know, it, o- over four times as many plays on Spotify as their next most popular song, so... But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, on my end, uh, I appreciate that you picked this album because it... Um, of course, it, w- it was something I already wanted to look into. So as soon as you sent that over to me, I had like a big smile <laughs> on my face. I'm like, yes, like this is a band I've been wanting to crack. I was kind of hoping you would send something from Radiohead because that's another band that like I, I there's some songs I don't want to get off too much on Radiohead, but there's some songs by them I love and some albums I like, but like, like, OK, Computer, I stand by. I do not like that album at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was kind of hoping you would pick something by, by them we could talk about. But may- maybe some other time. Yeah, I but, was going to say, we can um, always come back. Trust me. This, it's oh, like, for sure. I, I would love to do that. Anywhere. But um, but this, is, this was definitely one of those albums that I always wanted to get into and I never could. So I'm glad that I, I felt an obligation to, to re-listen to it many times so that I could talk about it. And yeah, I ended up loving it. I, I love Daily Routine. And I, I, like I said, I, I would like to get it on vinyl. Uh, sometime soon. It's pretty cheap, surprisingly. I figured it'd be expensive. Um, and I, like I said, Geologist uh, from the, from Animal Collective played a Prefab Sprout song in one of his DJ sets recently. And then also the album covers are kind of similar. They're both kind of abstract. Uh, uh, Jordan, the comebacks cover isn't an optical illusion, but they're both really abstract. And like I said, I appreciated... I picked like this weird pop album and you picked this weird pop album, but they're they're weird in different ways. And um, I felt like these two albums really complement each other. And it was it was fun to dig into both of them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because it took me a minute to kind of think because I remember saying to you, I was like, yeah, let me listen to the album and then kind of come back. And I, 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 Yeah, it took it took a little uh, while for you to get back to and, me. Um, but yeah, no, and it's fun too. like another comparison is that they're both albums that have multiple people singing at one time. That's another. Comparison. Oh, yeah. True. Um, true. Yeah. It's always fun to. That's one thing I call it like the great experiment of this podcast is then comparing two things that you maybe never have would have, you know, outside of this, which is kind of fun. So, um, yeah, they do oddly go hand in hand, but yet they're very different. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm glad you liked it, man. And I'm really glad, yeah, that you shared the prefab sprout with me, too, because I will continue to listen to it. And I think eventually down the line, I'll break into their all of their albums. Uh, Oh, right on. My first episode was with Ian Merritt, yeah, talking about Page of the Lion, and I promised him I'd listen to the other albums, and I haven't yet. I also haven't <laughs> finished, um, I also haven't finished Shit's Creek. I'm sorry, Zeke. I just, I just, oh. there's, there's only so much time, and I got a full time job with a family and a, you know, everything else to deal with, so I'll get there, but uh, I'll try to break into pre those other albums too, so. Well, Ronnie, unless there's anything else, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from you, man. No, I think that's it. I think I uh, checked everything off of my list awesome. here. I think uh, I think I did too. So, well, thank you again, Ronnie, for for being here today, man. It's been it's been great talking to you. Yeah, yeah, I've had a blast. I'm I'm a little upset and jealous that I, I don't get to listen to these episodes because I've been waiting for you show show episodes I can listen to after your Last of Us excursion. But I guess my time will come eventually, yes, right? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Let's hope. No, they will. And um, <laughs> uh, actually, and then uh, for anyone listening, we actually have, uh, I, I don't know, I can't even remember. I can't keep it tra- keep it straight. So I have coming up in the near future, I'm going to try to come up with a new segment called Film Fight. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but my friend Isabel and I are going to do Hereditary versus um, Midsummer. I'm, I'm going to be team Midsummer. She's going to be team Hereditary. And I know Ronnie, you have a film oh, yes. as well, but you and I came up with the idea of doing the same segment of 
like a concept on bad films because we also discovered that this is something that yeah. we both have huge interest yeah. in uh and taking the room versus troll yep. too so <laughs> Uh, I think we will come back and uh, record that episode in the near Absolutely. future. Uh, so let's keep an eye out for that. And we'll try to come up with some discord and some conversation uh, on, on what to talk about these two films. I guess, like, should we analyze, like, what film is, like, the better worst film or which film is better? I think the better worst film because neither of them are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we'll we'll crown a champion of the better one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that'll be something to look forward to. I'm looking. Me forward too. To. Yeah, I, that'll be a blast. I, this is. It'll be fun arguments. Uh, if I keep going down that line, I'm just picturing in my head like who's the first person that will snap and be like "fuck you" and like throw the table <laughs> and walk out. But um, hopefully, it doesn't come to that. So anyway, something to look forward to in the future. Um, again, thank you, everybody, for being here. Of course. Uh, as my friend Janine would say. Sport your brother, sport your brother. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.